Hey guys, welcome to the Dragon's Voice podcast, and I think this is episode four, so it's going somewhere. Uh, <laughs> but on the podcast today, I've got a very special guest. He is none other than the former Wales international, and it's a current Barry Town player. Yes, <laughs> it's another <laughs> David Cottrell. How's it going, Dave? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, mate. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. This, apart from this whole pandemic, we're all surviving. We're doing well, keeping head strong and everything, you know. So. Score going perfectly well. Um, I want to. Yes, it's, it's difficult times, isn't it? Yeah. Really? But as long as you yeah, keep a routine, it, it's all right. But uh, I, I really want to talk about you know uh, because when I first heard you were going, uh, you signed for Barry Town, and me being a podcaster and a, and a geek, you know, uh, I really wanted you to come on there. So I did not know how to get my way around it, you know, because I know you're a very busy man. You've got the foundation and everything, which is absolutely fantastic. And I think, and my first question is, what what is the David Cottrell Foundation, and what does it do? How does it run? And what's the purpose of this foundation? So the purpose is is that when I was um, playing, I felt there wasn't much needed help out there. Um, not just only to do with football, the football industry, but in the general public as well. So. Hmm. Originally, where I'm from, um, I was thinking about setting my own foundation up to help people who can't afford to have counselling, have therapy, and so on, because it's very expensive. So the thought process behind it was me and my partner, who's um, a lot older than me, but from the same local area, we wanted to give something back to the local community initially. And so what we do, we put on Mental Health Anonymous meetings, um, which just provides, it's just like a safe place for people to go and talk, listen, share their stories. It's just like free, so they don't have to pay anything. Um, and it's just to try and get that chat going. And we also put free um, PT sessions on weekly to provide a healthy body, healthy mind. So we just do that at the moment. We just provide the, the best care for people. Um, if they want to have more care than, or more private counseling sessions, then we obviously point them in the right direction to other people. Yeah. Well, um, the reason why I was asked, uh, I wanted you to come on as well, because uh, I know I, I, we spoke earlier before I started this podcast. And uh, the reason why I'm so passionate is because if you were to ask me about mental health and everything a few years ago, I, I think I'd be a bit naive to say the least, because I don't think I understood it well, you know, the concept of mental health and how many, how many people are going through so many different things, you know, and, um, and it's like, uh, my my fiance uh, Emily and I asked her permission if I could talk about this. Um, she suffers from terrible anxiety, and um, it there was something that caused it, which I won't go into detail. But she said that um, when it happened, uh, it affected her uh, mindset. On you know, she used to go out, you know, stay with her friends and everything. And now she just confines herself to the room. And this all started uh, around about the same time when her and I got together. And I sort of learned from there, from her point of view and where she was coming yeah. from. And it, it, it just opens your mind big time because, you know, there's a lot of people, the facade is, you know, in the facade area, you know, it can all be happy, but behind the scenes, you know, behind closed doors, you just do not know what's going on. So it made me appreciate and understand more. Um, so I, yeah, of course. I think that's the thing, isn't it? Like you might look, you know, I always give the example of Robin Williams as one of the funniest guys ever yeah. to be on the planet. And, it, you know, on the outside, everyone looks happy, but deep down, they're going through obviously shit. And it's, you know, they're really, you know, tough times. Mm. So, especially as well with football, uh, do you think yeah. nowadays with football, mental health, do you think it's taken more serious than it was before? 
Yeah, I think it is, but I still think, yeah, for example, like the, the managers are more aware of like how to treat people a lot better these days, whereas before they just really, really old school and didn't really have people skills, to be quite honest, where they didn't know how to deal with this shit. But um, now I think they're more aware. There's a few more guidance and, you know, a lot more people can get help, but I think still there's a long way to go. I don't think, you know, I don't think players are still at the point where they can go to a manager and say, oh, by the way, I'm really suffering with mental health problems. Am I, am I still going to play on the weekend? Mm. I don't think we're at that level yet. No. Um, and I still think there's still a way off with, with getting that help. And especially as well, because with football, obviously, it's going to come to a lot of where you go to uh, grounds where the team you're playing for, you're going to play the arch rivals. And well, it's everywhere you go, really, the level of abuse that football has taken, you know, how does one conquer the hate? How does one, you know, just seem to get on with it? Or is it not the case where you can't get on with it? You, you know, there's, there's other ways there's a ways to it or sometimes people can't cope with it but what's your experience like when that level of abuse from fans comes to you and you just sometimes try to tackle it by pushing forward i kind of um used to love all that shit i used to love <laughs> that part of the game honestly i used to that like people say to me oh i wish i you know spoke to you better when i was in the crowd shouting abuse or shouting this and that i don't really mind that because that's a part of football that's like kind of you know everyone's got their opinions but i think you know some fans can really overstep up when they, you know, they're mentioning families and mentioning all sorts of other stuff. And it, you know, you have to remember we are human beings as well. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't use, I didn't use to mind that when I used to take all the corners and sectors. I, I literally loved it. I loved it when people were giving me shit. So I just kind of used to use that as to spur me on a bit more. Saying, you know what? When I score the winner, I'm going to give that back to you then. So yeah. I used that as my driving force to make sure that we try to win the game. So. Uh, we're going to go pushing on to the football side now because uh, you kind of mentioned it when you're playing playing football and everything. But being a Cardiff boy, I remember um, yeah. it was on the Barrytown Instagram page where uh, you were speaking to one of the media officers at the club. But you were talking about when you played against Cardiff City and scoring a goal, the reception must have been mixed or if not sometimes uh, <laughs> a bit toxic. And you're just there going, well, I've got a job to do. So sorry, goals are goals. Yeah, I've managed to score against Cardiff a few times, and um, the first time I was really, I was really young actually. I was playing for Sheffield United. We played down in Ninian Park, the old state, Cardiff City Stadium, and um, we had a penalty, and I was on all the set pieces. So I was taking the penalty, and fuck me, I was a bit nervous because I was thinking, you know, I've got abused all day. Yeah. I've like literally, I have a job to do to make sure we were, need to win the game because we were at Sheffield United. We were pushed to get promotion to the Premier League, and and so on and so when I scored the penalty they literally just give me abuse non-stop and I remember like my dad would go into the local pub from the area I'm from it, it, all his friends would be like saying that's a disgrace your son scoring against Cardiff and I'm just like thinking well what else do they want me to do yeah. they want me to miss do they and I get the sack my end but it's okay Cardiff win so <laughs> it's like um, and then you know I remember when I signed for Swansea as well that's when you know I had, I had like Jack Bastard my, they, people sprayed my mum and dad's yeah. house I was having like my my ex-wife at the time and my child was getting literally, you know, threats to go over to my to my house. It was just like oh. a joke, really. It's it's become it's it's one of those moments where where Cardiff and Swansea, you know, it's but I, I don't get it because I know a lot of Cardiff City players have played for Swansea and a lot of Cardiff players have you know, vice versa. Yeah. Whatever. It's like Andy Legg. I mean, he's played for Cardiff and Swansea. And I mean, a lot of people it's like with Declan John. Um, you know, when Declan John went to 
uh, Swansea, everyone called him a Judas. It's like, well, hang on a minute. Pull the yeah, brakes yeah. for a minute. You've got so many Cardiff players who played for Swansea. What's, what makes him different? You know, I, I'm not trying to slander Cardiff, but it just seems bizarre, really. You know, I just what I what I always think is that, you know, you don't understand. Like fans don't understand why people move. Like I moved to Swansea because, you know, they had um, a great style of play. The way they were playing, um, they had um, a really family you know, feel about the club, all the players are close. I knew a lot of the players. I wanted to get my kids back home near to Cardiff because they had my pet, my family as much as before because I've always lived away. So there's lots of things that would go, you know, that people do actually tend to move. And, you know, when you're offered a job, say if you're a painter and decorator and you're offered more money in Swansea to go and do a job rather than in Cardiff, they're going to go and take the Swansea job because it's more money. So yeah. Yeah, that, it, no one, exactly. No one shouts at that. No one shouts at them or abuse them. Because <laughs> yeah, they don't respond, do they? I know. I, I can see you with a roller just going. Oh, shut up! I'm painting a wall. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a yeah. blue wall, but painting a white. You know, it's like, oh, here we go. <laughs> but, I, know, um, so I might have to go and take my spray and just spray them while they're painting over. So you get <laughs> <faster>. <laughs> oh man, but uh, the 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 diff. There's no difference between Cardiff and Swansea because they're both Welsh clubs. And speaking of Welsh, you play for Wales, uh, 24 caps for Wales and two goals. Now, a lot of people speak of your goal against Cyprus. But I want to talk about your first goal for Wales, which was against Luxembourg. And I think you scored the opening goal of the game. Yeah. I mean, that must be great for you to score for your country. You know, it doesn't matter what, um, what country you're facing up against, but scoring for your team, the, the country you're representing, it must be a great feeling. Yeah, it's always something that I've, you know, that's what you strive to do. You get in the squad, you want to score as many goals as possible. And, you know, two goals out of 24, you know, I'd, I would have liked to have a, a lot more goals involved in that. And I would have had, I should have had more caps, really. Like all the, all the times I was in the squad from the age of 17 to the time I retired, like say 28, 29 uh, from Welsh duty. It's kind of like, you know, it's not good enough, really. I should have had more. Um, but I think from, like, the first cap, I think my daughter was born... Uh, my first goal, sorry, my daughter was literally born a week earlier. So that was kind of special as well, where I managed to go away and, and score my first goal around her birthday, or the way she was born anyway. So that was special, but it's something that I've always wanted to do. That's what you get in the squad for, to score as many goals as possible. But it was, um, as you say, it's really special to score that first goal. Yeah. Especially in the uh, the locker room, you know, you've got different uh, characters. I mean, you've got your Gareth Bales and Aaron Ramsey's, you've got your Ashley Williams, you know, you've got Chris Gunter. Uh, what's, what was the locker room like uh, during your time playing for Wales? Because there was a lot of, you know, players who started out as young. Because, I, I mean, in the Toshak era, you know, Gareth Bale, Aaron Ramsey, you know, they were only teenagers when they started out, but then they started progressing through and now, now they've become cult heroes. For, for their countries. Yeah. But what was it like for you to experience all different types of players who have played for, you know, clubs from the Premier League, La Liga, all the way to League One and Two? Um, I think that's what I, I always say. When I first got into the Welsh squad, you know, you'd have Ryan Giggs, all the, you know, the top, top players. And then you could literally have someone who was playing in the Welsh Premier League or, and it was just like, no comparison because you've obviously got Ryan Giggs who's playing in the Champions League, playing for Man United, and then you have someone who's playing part time or or playing for no disrespect, or playing for someone like Wrexham who was in League Two. Um, and so it's really, really different because then eventually, when you squad, if you look at the squad right now and all the youngsters, are, 
they're mainly playing Premier League or Championship football. There's, there's no one really outside of that. Whereas before, there was very mixed. Um, so it was very different. And it was, you know, you had players who were used to winning, wanting to win, but then you'd have players, really, I always thought that, that didn't really want to be there. They were just being there just for the sake of it because, okay, we'll play for our country. But they, it wasn't, it felt like it wasn't as much passion when I first broke through to when I left the squad because I think everyone eventually loved going away and being there. Um, but there was a time at Toshak where I don't think many players wanted to be there. Yeah. But now we've got so many Welsh players who love to wear the Welsh badge, the Welsh crest, playing for Wales. And especially, you know, you were the one to help the squad progress through to 2016 uh, Euros as well. Uh, what was that feeling like to see the squad get further than ever before? That eventually happened because, you know, we had loads of us come through the ranks at the same time. You know, me, Ramsey, Bale, Gunter was coming through. Um, there, was, there was loads of us, really. Um, obviously, Joe Ledley, Joe Allen. So there's there's loads that were literally all come through. And the one time we go into the squad, they're like, you know, the older players were like, fuck me, this is like the under 21 squad. But we knew we were like really we're going to push them out eventually because we just had such a strong group of young players. So to be involved in that, I think we we're always destined for something special. We just needed the right guidance. And, and obviously Gary Speed kicked that off with his professionalism and the way he conducted himself and brought things in. And obviously Chris Coleman then eventually took over. And we just had a great group in terms of the players, the staff, everyone involved from like the kids, you know, the chef, whatever it might be, we we're, were all very close. So, Last couple of questions um, before we conclude the, the podcast. Um, now, you played for so many football clubs. Uh, you retired a couple of years ago, but then came out of retirement to play semi-professional. But fortunately, it's for Barrytown United, playing with your cousin yeah. Jordan, uh, being managed uh, by Gavin Chesterfield. Uh, I know you've only done a couple of games but it seems promising for you now in the future because a lot of us, us supporters speak highly of you, whereas now you get the chance to play in your first competition in European football, uh, hopefully. So how does that feel to play for Barry Town and to qualify for the Europa League? Well, I think with... Um, I was actually going to the gym for a long period of time and I kept on seeing Gavin up there, whether it be in the bar area when we'd have, like, we'd have maybe a coffee or something. And... And we always just like kept in touch. And he, always, he was asking me for ages, come and play, come and play. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to go back. <laughs> and then it comes, it comes to a point, he's just like, look, you're in good shape. You won't take long. Just come and enjoy it. Chance to play again. And I think that's why I, I come out of retirement. I just thought, you know what? It's part-time. I can come out, play with um, Jordan, obviously. Uh, I know quite a lot of the players there from obviously being in Cardiff, quite a few of them. And um, I just thought, you know what, just go and have fun. And I, I originally started playing from, for my first team and Barry as well. So I just thought it'd be nice just to go back and play. Gavin is obviously a great guy as well. And I knew he'd be able to manage me in the right way. And, you know, he, he, he actually, like, speaks a lot about, you know, mental health and a lot to do with that side of things as well. So I, I thought that he, he just gets me. So that's the reason why I decided to go back, because I can still continue what I'm doing, come back, enjoy football, and um, you know, eventually get to us qualifying. Obviously, it was different different circumstances as yeah. qualifying, but we we managed to do it. And um, it's great credit to everyone at the football club. And hopefully, you know, I didn't come back to play two or three games, and I don't play again. So uh, <laughs> hopefully, 
Jaffa be giving me a new deal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he better anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Although it's a supposed come knocking on the door going, sign, sign, sign. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so going back to the Diva Cultural Foundation, uh, what's the future hold uh, for your foundation? Um, we're just going to keep, well, I have, well, with the David Cottrell Foundation, we've, uh, we want to expand and make sure we can have as many meetings, as I mentioned before, the Mental Health Anonymous meetings right throughout Wales, if we can. I've spoken to the Welsh government about this sort of stuff to get the, these out there. I've even been to America to talk about what I do with the foundation. Um, but so that's what we're going to try and do, just keep continuing to grow and grow and grow and help as many people as possible. I want to get to a level where we are actually giving people care with therapists, counsellors or whatever they need. Um, but that's going to be a long way off, um, especially in the current climate. But um, I do have another business with the Crystal Matrix, it's called, which we on we provide online self-help courses, which people, when they hear that course, they think, right, we have to do it in a certain time and we're going to get graded, whatever. It's not. It's literally self-paced, how to reframe your mind, help with anxiety, help with depression, help with trauma. So when you go on there, you put your how you're feeling and then they give you a score of how your anxiety levels are at that particular time or previous so just managed for you to refocus on that that is over the age of 16 there is a cost but um that's for 24 pounds which is you know people go and buy a bottle of wine for that so it's fine you need to look after yeah. your own self-care so but then the ones under the age of 16 they're all free courses to make sure that we kind of you know be proactive with the, with the children's mental health rather than making sure you know not kind of getting to my age and thinking fuck me he's 30 let's check into rehab kind of thing so that's yeah. my thought process i want to make sure kids get the the right care so it's creating a mental um, resilience and mental strength more than anything else yeah because the future is going to be important as well and that's why you know with people kids under 16 and everything right the, the future is important and, they, and they've got to be prepared you know for what the the future might hold for them whether it be physically mentally or career-wise anything it's just getting them ready mental-wise yeah. for the future oh that's great yeah, of course I, th I, th I think like with you know anyone with um struggling with mental health issues is you know what i always tell people is that there's a lot of people who like to do things say, right i'm going to do that i'm going to do this i'm going to focus on this but they don't do it it's about literally you know you have to help yourself if you don't help yourself then no one's going to do it it's like your partner for example with anxiety the reason why people suffer with anxiety is because they're fearful of something of of what might happen or the overthinking things rather than if you just focus on the now and just do it then that's when you'll be able to gradually get that fear smaller and smaller and you, you know that will help with your anxiety yeah do you know what hopefully if my fiance uh when this is all done at Desi and i get everything to shape i can't wait to show this that way then yeah it, it's a progress then for her you know and um it's it's like um you know because she can't stay out, you know. She has a big fear of staying out and everything, but we're taking a small step at a time. She says, look, Reese, don't send me off to Barbados or something like that. You know, I want to, you know, try and stay out. I went, do you know what? Well, she asked for her birthday, and this was how much it means to her. She said for her birthday, you know, um, she said, can we just check into a hotel so I can stay out properly? And yeah. I, went, I, went, I went, leave that to me. I went, I'll give you a couple of presents, but leave that to me. I'll sort that out, no problem, and we'll just help gradually and it's like my family understood my dad as well my, my dad understood big time because he went through a couple of mental health problems you know because he's been down and out you know some of the opportunities are not going with it but he's he's offered to help my fiance out and it's all getting together and doing it as one you know so yeah no, that's the good so i think as long as you have like the love and support around you can do it and you know ultimately it comes down to that one individual but like what you just said if 
as long as you're taking small steps, you're still moving forwards and yeah. you're still going in the right direction. So that's the most important thing. You don't have to like, you know, jump in one, one go, but as long as she keeps moving, taking the small steps, she'll eventually get there. Yeah. So final question then for you, Mr. Cottrell. So as a footballer, yeah. how do you look back on your career as a, as a Welsh footballer? Um, because the person that I am, I always wanted more and thought that I could do more. I think, um, I think with my drinking that took over eventually. But I think I'm very proud that I played in the Premier League. Very proud that I played um, as a professional player for the Welsh national team. I managed to go to the Euros with them. Um, so yeah, I am proud. But I look back and think, hmm, could have I done more? You know. But I suppose I'm always going to be that character where I want to have more. I want to do more. Yeah. So, but I do look back and think, do you know what? You actually, that you did well. You, you had a dream of being a professional footballer at the age of six. You managed to do that. You wanted to play in the Premier League. You wanted to play for Wales and I've managed to do that. So yeah, I'm proud. Well, David, thank you so much for coming on the Dragon's Voice podcast. It really does mean a lot. And especially to talk about mental health, you know, open and everything. So hopefully the message can get across. So thank you for your time on the, uh, on the podcast. No worries. Thanks for having me. No and, uh, I, might have to get one, I might have to get one of those things on my head next time. <laughs> oh the bandanas yeah, I know <laughs> everyone's going on about it but I'll tell you one thing right before you go you said uh, when you signed for Barry you said I gotta meet this guy Cause I oh did you're the one who did the video aren't you? you're the one who did the video aren't you hello <laughs> yeah I'm the one who did the yeah. video <laughs> that, that was quality I got sent in they were like it was in the group chat and it was hysterical yeah, I, I thought, should I mention it now or should I just mention it towards the end? And I was like, yeah. I'll I was thinking it. that at the start and I thought, hmm, he's not mentioned it, so. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, mention it, damn it. I <laughs> know, uh, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. It's nice to, well, it's nice to finally meet you anyway. I know, it's nice to finally meet you too, Dave. And, uh, but another thing as well, I've sponsored your shirt as well, so everything's coming together, really. So, uh, oh, you, sp- you sponsored it, do you? I sponsored it, yeah. So you get the sign one at the end of the season, is that right? Uh, yeah, I think that's the way it goes. Yeah, so yeah, I, mean, yeah. I, I don't do I don't normally do sponsors a lot. I mean, the last time I did a sponsor was uh, David Bra- um, Dan Bradley, sorry, uh, for who was okay. our uh, goalkeeper years ago, and I was the only one. I thought I ain't going to do another one, and I saw you, and I went, "I'm getting it. Yeah, <laughs> get out yeah. of the way." <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I've brought something to the table. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Well, anyway, take care and all the very best uh, for your career as well with the David Cottrell Foundation and as a footballer for Barry Town. I hope to see you at Jenna Park soon. All right. Thank you very much. Stay safe. Stay safe. Take it easy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.